talk uh, about, well, we're going to start in Second Peter tonight, um, and this is really going to help you. It's really going to help you because it's God's Word. Amen. And I know for sure Larry Winnell needs it, so. I'm telling you, no, we all need the Word of God, man, I'm telling you. Yeah, David said, David said, I desire your word more than my necessary food. He recognized that there was something he could get out of the Word of God that he couldn't get anywhere else. And so, but you know, Peter, I think in Matthew chapter 16, he he became famous when he identified Jesus. He said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And uh, Jesus said, You're blessed because this is revelation knowledge. You got some revelation knowledge, Peter. And he said, Upon this revelation knowledge that I'm the Messiah, I'm going to build my church. I'm not going to build it on you, Peter, but I'm going to make you a chip off the old block. I'm going to make you Petros, a smaller rock. We are all living stones built into the temple of God. And so he, he recognized them there. And, of course, I love Peter because he had issues. <laughs> he was dysfunctional from time to time. But anyway, over in Luke chapter 22 and verse 30, you don't need to turn there. But that's where, that's where Jesus, after Peter had been with him all this time, and then all of a sudden, he's saying, Simon, Simon. Whenever he says your name twice, it's talking about covenant. So whenever you see a name mentioned twice, it's covenant. So, so, so he, he's, he's loving the guy. But when he calls him Simon, Simon, what he's really saying is flaky, flaky. <laughs> that, that, that's the best translation of Simon, a reed shaking in the wind, all that stuff. Anyway, flaky, flaky. Satan has desired to sift you. And when you read it in the Greek, it says all of you, all of us. Satan has desired to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. And that your faith won't fail and win, not if you're converted, but when you're converted, strengthen the brethren. But Peter was like a lot of us at that point in time. He still had a lot of self-confidence. And so he said, well, you don't need to pray for me, Jesus. I'm ready to to die for you. And, of course, Jesus looked at him and said, before the rooster crows in the morning, you'll have denied me three times. And, and uh, he didn't believe that at the moment, but we know the rest of the story that he got caught in that mess, realizing that he wasn't self-reliant, realizing that he couldn't do it. And when he realized he couldn't do it, he went outside and wept bitterly when Jesus looked at him he saw the forgiveness and he saw the love and he remembered, hey, the reason why I'm not going to fail in this is because Jesus said he would pray for me. I'm not going to make this on my own, but Jesus said he would pray for me. So with that in mind, we can go to, we can go to uh, 2 Peter chapter 1. Because he, how many of you know Peter turned out okay? And how many of you know that you will too? You're going to make it. Because Jesus prays for you. My Bible says that he ever lives to make intercession for me, for you. So somebody is praying for you. I'm sure that's what he meant when he said, if any two agree on earth, it's not today. If you get in agreement with the word of God, he is the word of God. Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You knew that, right? So, so when you get in agreement with the word, it's where we live. It's how we live. Second Peter, I'm trying to get to Second Peter. Here we are. Okay. Uh, chapter 1. 
We'll just pick it up in grace to, uh, verse 2. We can't read the whole chapter, although we, we would like to. He said, grace and peace will be grace. How many of you would like some more peace? Some more grace? Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. I got to read verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle. Servant first, apostle second of the Lord Jesus Christ, unto them that have obtained like precious faith. Same kind. Isotomos, same equal value faith. You got the same faith that Peter got. He didn't get an extra portion just because he walked on the water. He didn't get an extra portion. Just come on. He took his faith and he used it and sometimes failed with it, but he kept using it. Even though sometimes he failed with it, he kept using it, kept getting up, right? So like precious faith, through the righteousness that is of God. I'm right because God made me right, not because I can make myself right. So I don't need to be like Peter's. I mean, Peter cut off the, 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 the guy's ear. You know, he, this is the guy that's going to be an apostle. He's going around people, cutting people's ears off. How many of you go to that church? <laughs> well, you know that guy. He's a guy that cut that guy's ear off. I'm not going over there. Grace and peace be multiplied through the epinosis, the higher knowledge, revelation knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. According to his divine power. Notice, you need to underline some things sometimes. According to his divine power, not yours, <laughs> not your flesh power. <laughs> According to his divine power, he has already given unto us all things that pertain to your physical life and godliness, your spiritual life. He's already, so you don't, your prayer life shouldn't really have a lot of a list of yours on it. No, it really should. It doesn't need to. He's already given it again. Ephesians 1 3, he's already blessed you with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenlies of Christ. Before the foundations of the world. When he put you in Christ, everything that he put in Christ came in you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ephesians 2 6, you're seated in heavenly places in Christ. He put everything in Christ that you would need. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. And again, if you'll make them exceeding great and if you'll make them precious, if you'll make them precious, you will escape the corruption that's in the world. Think about it. The corruption, as the world has never been as corrupt as it is right now in 2021. Never been, never been. I mean, they're arresting, arresting ministers in Canada, closing churches. And it, like, come on, the, the persecution of the church is on. If you haven't noticed, but my Bible says his glory shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And so persecution is, may not be a bad thing because the way the, the traje trajectory of the church, if you had looked on a graph, it was going this way before the pandemic. And I don't know, it, and I don't think it's probably improved yet. Because, you know, you would have thought the pandemic would have swept people into church, but they get used to not attending. 
and get seduced by the world. But if you don't want to do, be doing that, you need to get the wisdom and the revelation knowledge so that you can escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. So, but how, how, how am I going to make that work? Well, I'll show you how not to make it work over in Hebrews chapter 4. How it works and how it doesn't work. Hebrews chapter 4. I got two Bibles up here, so you're going to be here for a while. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews 4 and verse 1. There's something you ought to be afraid of, he said. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, if any of you should come or fall short of it. So, so a Christian ought to be at rest, right? We know in Hebrews 4.11 it says that we're to labor to enter into his rest. And then verse 12 tells you how because the word of God is alive and powerful. You put the word of God in you until you get peace, until you get rest. But he said the, he said the message was preached to them in verse 2, for unto us was the gospel preached as well it was as it was unto them. But the word preached to them didn't profit them because they didn't mix it with faith. They didn't act on what they heard because we live in a negative realm. And I remember preaching a message a long time ago called Ants, Automatic Negative Thoughts, and how you're in the negative realm all the time. And dead fish go downstream, but it's easy to flow with the dead fish. It's easy to go along with the flow instead of the flow of the Holy Ghost. The flow of the Holy Ghost is all about producing life. Anyway, with that in mind, let's go to, uh, to um, we've been in Numbers, <laughs> hallelujah, Numbers chapter 13. I've been reading through the book of Numbers and I've been cheating. No, I, I've got it on, I, I played the audio. No, no, you laugh, but if you had read 20, chapter 28 today, you'd be much better off listening to the audio. I never saw so many, you know, <laughs> vegans would freak out. How <laughs> many animals got killed in that one chapter? <laughs> anyway. So in chapter 13 of the book of Numbers, They've come up to the border of the promised land. And th but these guys, saw, these guys saw the miracles in Egypt. They saw how God delivered them out of alcohol and drug addiction and all kinds of bad relationships and things like that. They had already gone through the Red Sea. That's a type of being born again. Come on. And so, so now they're coming up to get, now they're coming up to the promises land. The exceeding great and precious promises land is where they're coming up to. And so he sends out 12 pastors, the, the head guy from each tribe. You can read about it. But I just want to pick it up in verse 20 of chapter 13. Moses said, no, 19, chapter 13, 13 verse 19. And go and spy out the land that they dwell in, whether it's good or bad, whether the cities they dwell in are, are do they dwell in tents or do, do they dwell in forts? And... Um, and when the land, what, what kind of land is it? Is it lean or, or, or is there a lot of wood there? But, but here's what I want you to see. 
and be of a good courage. If you have a good courage, you'll see not only the, the, opposite, the things that would oppose you, but you'll see the prosperity that's in the countryside. You'll be optimistic when you have good courage. And that doesn't mean an absence of fear. It, 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 it doesn't mean that at all. It means in spite of fear, the fear that you might feel, be courageous because I've already given you land, right? So he said, he said, he said go in and check it out. Because now is the time of the first ripe grapes. I can't even imagine. I don't know if one cluster of grapes has to be carried between two people. Was it big grapes? Was it watermelon-sized grapes? Or what, what was it? Whatever it was, two men had to carry the grapes home. Negative people seek to gather information to support their point of view. Negative people will see the negative things in every situation. So here's this land that God promised them, promised Abraham 430 years earlier. And actually 470 years earlier now because they're coming up to the border. And he told them it was a good land with, with overflow of milk and honey. He told them all through the book of Exodus. He told them all, through, all the way through the book of Deuteronomy. And so here they are. Here they are. Right up here in the book of Numbers, he kept telling me, I brought you out. I brought you out of your worldly situation to bring me into something better. I didn't bring you out to kill you off. I, I will never leave you. I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. I'm trying to bring you in to exceeding great and precious promises so that you can escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. Right? It, but it, but it's kind of like it's kind of like, you know, Nancy and I were talking about this the other day, and I got some revelation from my wife. I'll, I'll let you know that it came from her this one time, and after that, it's mine. But, but no, no. But I, but I said, you know, somebody starts a new job, or you get married, or something. It's something new, and it's an ideal situation. Until. Until, because there's multiple people involved. And so, so this ideal sometimes could turn into an ordeal. Or maybe your deal. Maybe a raw deal. And maybe it's time for me to look for a new deal. Be, but because, but, but I, now I understand... You know, I understand hell is in the hallway. I understand that when I'm going from one place to another in God, I'm excited about the adventure until I get out in the middle of the lake and there's a storm on. And now it's not funny anymore. But it's kind of like when I look at Peter and Peter denying Jesus and then being forgiven, the next thing you know, you see him in Acts chapter 1. He's standing with the brethren. The Lord said, after you're converted, you'll strengthen the brethren. In Acts chapter 2, my Bible says that he stood up and preached and 3,000 people got saved. It wouldn't have happened if he hadn't have been sifted like wheat. It wouldn't have happened if he hadn't have gone through the hell that he went through. That's the truth. Until you get sifted, until you get go through stuff, you're not going to get what God has 
for us in this glorious generation that we're moving into. When you go through the process, you can reach the promise. And so, so don't get uptight when you're going through. Just go through. Just go through it. Peter had to go through it. These guys were sent into the promised land to bring back a good report, to encourage the troops to go through and take it. But negative people see and seek out the information that suits their position. I got to justify the fact that I'm not going to change. I've got to justify the fact that I'm not going to change. Well, if you're not going to change, you know, Nancy's answer to all that was that you start out with an ideal situation instead of a God deal. If you start out with a God deal, then when it becomes an ordeal, you realize, hey, it's time for me to change. I can't change Nancy. Lord knows I tried. <laughs> I can't change me. Lord knows I've tried. It's not until I turned myself over. Peter went outside and wept bitterly and it changed his life. He finally surrendered his stubborn, strong will. Stopped trying to do it on his own fell in the arms of Jesus, and he said, now, now, it's kind of like I remember my friend Nate Wolfie. He finally quit his church out in Seattle, and he told God, he said, I quit, and God said, good, now we can finally get something done. <laughs> right? <laughs> Hallelujah. So he told them to be courageous, but okay, so let's pick it up at verse 26. They went and came to Moses and Aaron, and the congregation of the children of Israel from the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. And they brought back word unto them and all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. That's where they should have stopped. As soon as you had, nevertheless, we, they told them we came into the land whither you sent us and surely it overflows with milk and honey, but nevertheless. Nevertheless, I'm going to spew out my negativity on you now, nevertheless. No, but here's the thing that we need to realize. They couldn't go into the promised land because, they, because of their negative, ugly attitude. And we expect that we're going to get exceeding great and precious promises with ours. God, why won't you do anything? God's saying, hey, I'm not going to let you take that ugly attitude anywhere. I'm not going to let you take that negativity along. It's time for you. You know, you think you got a raw deal? No, 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 you didn't get a raw deal. It's time for you to, to, to get a God deal. It's time for you to be, you know, to surrender your will unto God. But, but let's read through this here. Nevertheless, the people are strong on the land. The cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there, the Amalekites on the land. South, the Hittites, the Jezebites, the Amorites dwell on the mountains. Canaanites dwell by the sea and the coast of Jordan. But Caleb stilled all the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once, for we are well able to overcome it. One guy, he's demonstrating what, the, what he told him back in verse 20. Be, be strong and courageous. And he, not only that, he had a good memory. He remembered how God had delivered him time and time again. Sometimes we've our, 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 Satan will mock your last miracle because he'll put so much pressure on you. 
They make you ready to quit. There's no quit in Ecclesiastes 3. No, it tells you there's a time for everything except quitting. There's no time to quit. Yeah. But look, look here, and Caleb stilled all the people and said, we're well able. But the men that went up with him said, we are not able to go up. And look what God calls your negativity. An evil report. Where you complain, you remain. There's no going forward into the promises land as long as you're complaining. You're not going to make it. I can tell you right now, you're not going to make it until you get a, a, a right attitude. Until you get your attitude right, you're trying to change somebody else and maybe fix their attitude. I don't know, but it's your attitude that needs to get fixed. Stop making me so happy, Pastor Gary. No, when the ideal becomes an ordeal or a raw deal, it's because I need to make a change. I need to surrender my will to God. In a marriage, I can, I can tell you about a marriage real easy. Two deaths and one resurrection. How long is it going to take? How long do you want it to take? Because it's up to you. It's totally up to you. Oh, God, please. No, no. You do it. What am I supposed to do? Your part. What if my mate doesn't do uh, her part? It's not your responsibility. Your responsibility, oh, God holds you responsible for your attitude. You know, if, if it's like your ideal job becomes your wrong job, my Bible says that you're to work as unto the Lord. My Bible says that you ought to be the best employee in the place, even if you hate your job, because, it, because it's ministry. It's ministry, just like ministering from a pulpit. How you work your job is a reflection on God. You tell me you're a Christian, your best witness is what does your workspace look like? <laughs> Don't look at mine right now, glory to Jesus. <laughs> but, but you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's the details. It's those things in life. But anyway, it says... Uh, they brought an evil report, a, a discouraging report from the land that they had searched out. And, of course, we know that they said, we're grasshoppers in their sight and in our sight. And, and, and I always point out when we get to this point in the message, you gotta, before you ever kill a giant in your life, you've got to learn how to kill the grasshopper. And the grasshopper is you, your inferior attitude. Come on. And, and when I say that, I can include myself because God created, created us to rule and reign on the earth. That we're, he, and he tells you everything that you're to rule and reign over, everything that Adam was to rule and reign over with his faith. If you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you would say to that sycamine tree, be uprooted and cast into the sea, and it would obey you. When's the last time you moved something like that out of your life? No, no, he'll tell us things like, he'll, he'll say, He'll say, you know, they're talking about the fig tree that he cursed. So then he said, whosoever will say to this mountain, be thou removed, cast the sea, and don't, don't in his heart, believe things he says will come to pass. That man can have whatever he says. You can come up in a healing line and get prayed for. And you don't feel any different. So now you, so you didn't get healed. But if you understand the principles, those roots that he cursed were in the unseen realm. And when God does anything in your life, it starts in the unseen realm. 
So even a change in finances, a change in your situation, just because you don't see it in a day or two or three or four, doesn't mean that God's not doing it. How do you know he's going to do it? Because he said, I'll do it. He said, ask anything in my name and I'll do it. Why doesn't it happen? Because you gave up too soon. Because you didn't see any different. You didn't feel any different. didn't look any different. Touchy, tasty, feely. All of that junk, right? You know, this is what Adam, this is what happened to Adam when he sinned. He fell from revelation to information. Now all he could do was operate out of his brain. We're not supposed to be like that. We've got the, the inner man. <laughs> Strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. And when it starts in the inner man, the outer man will catch up. As long as you don't quit, as long as you don't back off, right? So, for, so, so these guys had a grasshopper problem. We, we know that. In verse uh, 4 of chapter 14, one said to another, let's make a captain and return to Egypt. These are pastors. Why do you call them pastors? Because they're the leaders of, this, of, this, of their uh, ethnic groups. And so they had a responsibility to lead. You know, why does a pastor get upset when people leave the flock? Because he's a pastor. Because he wants them in the flock. Because I, I haven't seen anybody that left here in a wrong spirit. Not one person, not one person that succeeded in life long term. Was it because they left me? No, I'm not about control. Not at all. It's about you have a place where you're supposed to be planted and rooted and grounded in love. And if you move out of that place, you're not even. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but again, negative people seek to gather information to support their position. And if you're and if you're and if you've got a problem here and you go somewhere else, I found the ideal. How many times, Pastor Nancy, have we we, we used to get excited when people would come up and say, this is the church I've been looking for my whole life. Now when they say that, we say, oh, please don't say that. Because the first time something gets preached that you don't like, or you're going to sit and you really enjoying the praise and worship right now, but after a while it's going to get annoying to you. Oh, they're singing that same song. I, no, no, you're murmuring and complaining and wondering why the promises aren't working. i got to have my attitude right. You know, I just, and I know that this is happening because what's been happening in me yesterday, I spent most of the day in the presence of God crying because he was going back and reminding me, you said this about that pastor. You said this about that pastor and you judged that person. And I'm sitting there crying because I know he's not like, <laughs> I know he's right. But no, but some, <laughs> no, but he's, he wants us to get, he's about to do on this earth what he's never done before. And he has to prepare a people. Was there any shame or guilt in it? No, no, I was crying because, and I was, I was glad. Let me tell you, when God corrects me, I, I get, I, I might cry, but I'm happy because he loves me and he doesn't want me to be living like that. 
doesn't want me to be poisoning myself saying something about some other preacher, and it's really none of my business. I should not have an opinion where I don't carry influence, right? Nor should you. Let's get a captain and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the congregation. <laughs> and Joshua and Caleb, they, searched, they tore up their clothes. I don't know why these guys rip their clothes all the time. We'll find out that when we get in. You're upset, so you tear up your nice clothes. You know, that doesn't make any sense to me. I'd rather tear up somebody else's, but... but <laughs> When you're upset with, go tear up their clothes. <laughs> he said, we, the land that we went through to search is an exceeding good land. Twelve people saw the same thing. Twelve people saw the same thing. How is it that ten of them had such a negative attitude? If the Lord delighted in us, he'll bring us into this land and give us this land that overflows with milk and honey. Only don't rebel against the Lord. Neither fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. But all the congregation said, let's stone them with stones. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> and the Lord said unto Moses in verse 11, how long will this people provoke me? And how long will the heir believe me? For all the signs which I have shown among them. Let's jump down to verse um, 21. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. No, but you need to ask yourself, what am I missing because of my negative attitude? I'm wanting God to bless me. Is there some, th some reason... Now, now, you could just be having Satan sift you like wheat. Like, it could be that. But let's make sure that it's not our fault. In other words, don't defend your dysfunction. If you don't defend your dysfunction, you can receive correction. By the way, if you're sitting there thinking you're not dysfunctional, <laughs> you might be fooling yourself. But if we know you even a little bit... <laughs> <laughs> we have found out that we all came from the irregular bin. I told you that story about the pants I bought at J.C. Penney down in Bangor, Maine. They had an irregular bin. And it's right because I was in a bad car accident when I was uh, 15. The two people with me died, and I, I'm, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a survivor. But one leg is, is quite a bit shorter than the, uh, the other leg. And uh, I found a perfect pair of pants in there. In the irregular bin. I was so happy to come up with a pair of pants that I didn't have to get messed with, right? And God gets that way with you. He dresses you because he knows you're irregular, right? Uh, and enough of that, okay. Let's look at verse 28. Verse 28 will tell you that it's up to you. As you have spoken in my ears, so will I do unto you. What they had spoken in his ears was so bad. What, you know, his response was, was not good. He said, I'll let you. Basically, what he said to them was, I'm going to let you walk yourself to death. You want the exceeding great and precious promises, but if you don't, 
change your attitude, you will walk yourself to death. You don't want to walk yourself to death when as surely as he lives, his glory is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And I guarantee you that change, he promised us that we would be changed from glory to glory into his image and into his likeness where the Spirit of the Lord is in charge. So what the Spirit of the Lord did to me yesterday was broke me down for several hours so that I could change, so that I could move to the next place. And it wasn't, there was no shame, there was no guilt, there was just, yes, I see that, yes, you're right. You're right. He used to be one of my favorite preachers, and he preached a couple of messages that were really off. And, and not only did I stop listening, but then I went and told other people. None of you have ever done that, but yeah. <laughs> I feel safe telling you these things. Look at verse 29, just the last few words. You have murmured against me. Your complaining is against him. When you're complaining about people sitting beside you in church, he put them there. You're complaining against him. If you didn't like the praise and worship, and you, you're not, he put the praise and worship people here. And by the way, we're not complaining. We totally, but I'm just using those as examples because I feel safe with those examples. What if you're complaining about your mate? No, but complaining, where you complain is where you remain because you're saying, I don't trust you anymore, God. I don't believe that you can fix this. I'm looking for a new deal. Anyway, um, where can we go from this? Well, you, you know, in um, I'm not going to go there, but in, in Luke chapter 3, I think around verse 15, now God hadn't spoken for 400 years. And the next thing you know, John the Baptist comes on the scene, and he's preaching. And there's, they said that there was a great expectancy because, some, because God was finally speaking again. And 750,000 to a million people went down to where John was to get baptized in the river. But the thing, you know, and the thing that impacted me most about John was his message. I am the voice of one. I'm not the one. I'm, I'm, you talk about a humble man. I, I, you know, I'm not some big shot minister. I'm just the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make way to the Lord. So humble, so humble. And humility, I know, is a big key to this move of the Spirit of God, too, because he wants to use people, but... And, you know, you start raising the dead or doing great signs and wonders, please don't take a bow when you're done. Make sure that you get out of the way as quickly as you can. Because we're lifting him up. Well, I want to go to one more place because I brought the Bible here to do it. I think it's in Genesis 24. Talking about the wife that God's looking for. When I say wife, I understand that we, the church, are the bride of Christ, so it's male and female, okay? This is when Abraham is sending out a servant to go get a wife for his son, for his promised son. Are you there in Genesis 24? 
Verse 6, he said, Abraham said unto him, Beware that you go and bring not my son. Make sure you don't take my son out of here. You, you just go and get a wife and bring him back, bring the wife back here to, to him. And so in verse 10, it says, And the servant took ten camels of his master and departed with the goods of his master that were in hand. And he rose and went to Mesopotamia. Remember Mesopotamia, between the rivers. Mezzo is between and Potamia is the rivers. So he's talking about Babylon, unto the city of Nahor. And he made the camels to kneel down without the city by the well when it was time to water the camels in the evening. And he said in verse 12, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray, send me good speed this day and show kindness to your master Abraham. Behold, I'm standing here by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down your pitcher, I pray, and give me water to drink. She'll say, drink, and I will water your camels also. <clears throat> let the same be that thou hast appointed unto your servant Isaac, and thereby shall I know that you have showed kindness unto my master. And it came to pass before he had done, before he had done speaking. Now this was, this was picking a wife for Isaac, right? So, so behold, Rebekah came out, who was born of Bethuel of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with a pitcher on her shoulder. And the damsel was very good to look at. And a virgin, she had known a man, and she went down to the well and filled the pitcher and came back up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, let me, I pray, have a little drink of water from your pitcher. That's all that the law required, by the way, just a little drink. But now these camels have been eight days without water, and they've been carrying about 600 pounds of stuff 10 hours a day. The distance that they travel, we can calculate that. And she said, drink, my Lord. And she hastened and let down the pitcher upon her hand and gave him to drink. And when she had done giving him the, giving him the drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels also for, until they have done drinking. Camels drink 40 liters of water in 10 minutes. So I want you to know that this girl is working, looking at about 500 liters of water that she's going to have to get to take care of these camels. But she sacrificed herself to make a difference in someone else's life. That's the point. She sacrificed herself. She hasted to verse 20 and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again to the well to get more water. And the man wondered at her and held his peace. It was astonishing. But when you look at what God is looking for in a church, is people that will lay down their lives for the benefit of others that will make uh, make serving the greatest thing that you can ever do you know and again Mark 10 45 Jesus said I didn't come to be ministered to but to minister and to serve and you think about the disciples that he had those goofballs were arguing about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom and he chose them but he chose them because he knew that he could develop those guys into the people that we read about today in the word of God. Look at Peter. Peter, 
50 days after denying Jesus, my, oh my, stands up and preaches the gospel and 3,000 people got saved. How, how, do you, how many of you know that that's, that that's not some evangelistic program that some church developed? You understand, in the book of Acts, they didn't do that. They didn't have soul-winning courses and things like that. They just went out and did it. They went out and did it. And what kind of it? And without the anointing, come on. you telling me that, that, Peter, that Peter preached some special message? I mean, what about John the Baptist? Seven, they, I just read it the other day. 750,000 to a million people that he water baptized in the, in the Jordan River. And what was his message? Jesus is coming. Jesus is. Well, what were you baptized onto? The baptism of John for the repentance of sin. He was taking them to those, you know, they, up until then they had ceremonial baths that they used to, to put them in. You go down seven steps and they dunk you in for, the, for the remission of sin. And, and so that you could become a child of Abraham. And so that's what he was doing. And they were coming from everywhere. And the Pharisees were showing up too. And he said, you generation of vipers, who has warned you? He wasn't a, he wasn't a seeker-friendly preacher. You generation of vipers, who has warned you to free from the wrath to come? It wasn't always sweet. Anyway, I'm done, praise God. But I hope this help. It, it just, just, um, just the attitude of gratitude. The, the, the thing that we've been talking about is this is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Like th- th- we're talking about praise and worship being your battle plan. We heard it today. The battle plan. This is how we. This is how we fight our battles. This is how we do everything in life by being grateful. I, I-, I challenge you to go home and write a list of all the good things. Just all the good things that God has done in your life. You can start with having two legs. Two arms, living in Canada, able to breathe. Like, you know, just, we ought to be the most grateful, thankful, happiest people on the earth. Amen. Well, God bless you. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.